people want to save the whales and they want to save, you know, the, the, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Cause it's yeah. like every week it's something new, like save the rainforest, save this, save that. But I really believe that we are in a, uh, a, such a point in evolution and history where we need to save ourselves. And I yeah. know that sounds very selfish, but it's the humans that are out of alignment. You are listening to the ultimate biohack for women. A movement of women who know what they want and go get it. You know the answers lie within. Reach in and grab hold. This is a movement. A movement of women who tune in and turn their selves on. Now you're biohacking the woman's way. Integrating the art and science of hacking your biology like a woman. Tap your magic. Conjure your yes. Upgrade. Elevate. Maximize your potential. I'm Dr. Brandy Victory, and this is a movement, a movement that is sure to hack your soul. Hey, hey, soul sisters. We are back with another fantastic interview for you today. I am so excited to bring this to you. We are going to get to chat with Vanessa Tavernetti. She's a co-founder of Earth Magic Academy. She's a credentialed teacher a former Jack London Educator of the Year. Hello to that. (laughs) It's awesome. She's created highly effective models for outdoor education. She's trained thousands of teachers in and currently teaches at Naropa University in the Contemplative Education Department. Having grown up spiritually gifted, she's been formally trained in psychic studies and has done hundreds of professional readings to those in needs of guidance in their professional, financial, financial, physical, and spiritual journey. Vanessa's myriad of gifts and talents make her an expert in helping women lead empowering, fulfilling lives. This is why we have her on the show. Welcome, Vanessa. Thank you. Thank you, Brandy. I'm so happy that we made it here and that this is happening. Yes, yes, yes. I had uh, so much fun with you the other day uh, on the Facebook, spontaneous Facebook Live that we did together. Uh, So I know today is going to be even more magical. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, as we've, we've talked about uh, the, 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 the real juice for me, and I think for our community is um, around these interviews with powerful women like yourself, is that it's so, so vital. It's, it's like my calling and passion to help women understand that they can too, that they have the power to create the life that they want to live. So many people are like, yeah, but you, I'm like, yeah, but me what, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Uh -uh. (laughs) I have, I've had my struggles and we've all had our struggles and we all have our story and we all have our why and we all have our things that we've come to understand about ourselves and this healing processes that have happened. And through that, through that fire, we're able to come to the forefront of this whole experience that we're in right now, especially with the COVID-19 stuff and share our light, our beauty, our gifts, our talents. It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter if you're an intuitive healer or a spiritual clairvoyant. It doesn't matter if you're a mother, if you're uh, a garbage man or, or a janitor, right? We all have something to offer. And so, you know, I just want to kind of put that in the air and, um, and just, you know, just kind of keep that in mind as we go through and, and share this, um, this experience with our women today. How's that sound? Beautiful. Sounds like a great game plan. Awesome. Awesome. You know, um, what do you, I, I just really want to know, I kind of just want to have this be more of an organic conversation because our conversations go to really beautiful places. And so I was just curious what you're really excited about today. 
Oh, well, today I'm all lit up um, because I've been on a couple of video groups um, that are women and that are women encouraging women to truly step up during this time. Mm. And so if you're asking me right now, what I'm just bathing in is that, because I think this time uh, with the COVID-19, but actually even like broadening it out to like 2020 and to where we are evolutionary is the time for all of us to step up and to take like we were talking about to take the pain and to take the stories and really let them be, but also stand behind our gifts and our missions of why we've come to the planet. So having gotten off of two of these meetings today, I'm just so hopeful, like filled with hope, A, that women are turning the story of how women relate with one another. I think for so long, it was like, a, especially in like corporate America, it was like, oh, I got to be one up on the next woman because it was so competitive. Yeah. And I think even in the world after feminism kind of had a chance to settle you still feel that once in a while, like mm -hmm. that there's scarcity in all of us succeeding or like someone's light is going to be brighter than the other light. And I feel mm -hmm. right now, all of us have been stripped to this vulnerable point where we're all just like being ourselves and like supporting others being themselves because um, it's just going to lift all of us up more. So today, that's what I'm excited about. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's an interesting thing, right? Not being able to see people in person, but then having this, um, this solidarity that we have and, and being able to connect via internet, right? Through these meetings and things like that. And it just like, it lifts my heart too. Last night, I actually did, uh, we, you know, I'm in this central dance class, the one I invited you to, they're doing it online. And oh, so I was like, yeah, yeah, you should come. Um, and I, you know, it's a different experience for sure, but man, how wonderful it was to connect in with my women, to see their hearts, to see them move their bodies, to see them open and release and let go and come into community with this wonderful group of beautifully powerful women. And that just, like you're saying, that just lifts us up so that we can continue to stay in the higher vibrational frequencies that we want to stay in during this crazy time. So yeah, yeah. to you. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. And I also think it, it, I was on a call, I was doing a reading the other day and that song from the Grateful Dead, the women are smarter. Like kept, I'm clear audience, so it kept playing and I often hear things through songs. And I do, we do our readings together with both my husband and I, and I'm like, it's, it's not really a time. I know we've been through a lot recently with women, you know, standing up for themselves and kind of leading the way. And I really do believe that women are leading the way, but that we're not to leave the men behind, but right. to, to take them with us. And so I think that's where that women are smarter, that we have the capability to be like, when we're shining, when we're brighter, we're lifting our other women up, we're lifting our men up, we're lifting our children up, we're lifting our communities up. And I think that is where the brilliance of women's leadership is right now. So mm. the more we can gather and um, support each other in, in that mentality that it's, yes, we are leading, but we're also all gaining together.
Yeah, that's beautiful. So ladies, we are inviting you right now to hop online and go get in some group of wonderfully powerful women, <laughs> like tap in to your soul sisters virtually so that you're not sitting at home, getting lost in your bottle of wine or your Ben and Jerry's. Yes, it's true. It's true. And like, how many women do you hear, Brandy? I'm, I'm sure you hear it too. They're like, oh, I'm just crazy or blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, you're not crazy. You just haven't found your tribe, you know, mm-hmm. because when you're supported mm-hmm. by like-minded people, you're like, oh yeah, I'm not freaking crazy. Like this, this is real. This and is you real. can even, you know, explore and grow in those gifts that you have. Yeah. I, I so appreciate that. Yeah. And I, and I definitely want to get into your story, but I'm really curious about what your take is on this whole COVID-19 stuff and where you stand with it. And yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, you know, last week I had a perspective and it's even growing, like the information that's coming in, like from spirit is really awesome. And I love being able to tap into that at this time too. So, you know, my first initial was like, well, yeah, we knew this was going to happen some way, some form. I, I didn't see it now, and I didn't see it as um, a bio, um, yeah, biologically happening. I didn't see it that way. But um, we're here. And I, I shared with you on that Facebook Live that I'm really excited. Um, I'm excited for the whole world to slow down. I'm super grateful what it's doing for the planet Mm -hmm. and how it's giving the planet an opportunity to heal and to pause from the intense uh, just, you know, degradation that has happened for a while. And so I feel like I can feel the earth being like, having an exhale right Mm -hmm. now. So Mm -hmm. I'm super excited about that. I'm super excited that people have time to um, just unplug like from the busyness, like of course not unplug from technology because a lot of people are on the computers now, but just that like go, 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 you know, keeping up with the Joneses, like going to work, getting the paycheck, going to work, getting the paycheck that like, how much beauty has come out of this with art and music and people actually realizing how important their friends and family are and like taking the time to connect. I think that's super beautiful. I think it's beautiful that people have space to reflect about what is a priority and what they are actually putting their time into Um, on a daily basis. And so my hope is that some of that is shifting how our paradigm will be when we come out of it. And then just over the weekend, I've been talking with some friends that are also, you know, in similar work that we do and, you know, looking more into like the word Corona, looking into the actual what the virus looks like and this whole connection it has with our crown chakra Mm -hmm. and with the connection we have, you know, through our, our crown chakra, it is a connection with spirit. So I actually think that this pandemic is an invitation for us all to really check in with and get real with our relationship with spirit. So all very exciting things in my, in my opinion, but um, I just hope that people take the time to take advantage of these doors that are opening. 
Yes, absolutely. I'm so with you on that. I feel so much excitement too about it. And um, I know a lot of people will probably cringe to hear me say that, that I'm excited about this. But, you know, like you, I feel exactly like that. I know that something was coming. I didn't see it being biological. I figured it'd be some kind of like terrorist attack or something, you know, mm -hmm. but um, yeah. And I love your, uh, I love the connection of the Corona and the crown when, you know, through my meditations, I've really been seeing a, a, a relationship to the root chakra as well. Mm -hmm. uh, just, it's kind of been closed, but you know, same, same when I tap into the, in the earth energy and our root chakra, for those of you who don't know, or, or how we are embodied, how we relate to the earth, how we relate to sex and, and money and food and, and all things survival. Um, so, um, I've been seeing like a lot of closure just on a very deep level across the board, you know, for all people in that, in that way. And so, you know, if we think about that, the connection to the earth, right. It, us as physical beings, we're just between the earth and spirit, right. The earth and heaven. So we're like that conduit that brings through down spiritual expression into the physical world. And it, that's the joy, in my opinion, of being a human being like that's what we get to do here and yet so many people don't realize that they've been stuck in their job their nine to five they're giving their power away to their to-do list and now we have this opportunity to reassess exactly yeah I, I love what you're saying about the root chakra because i think fear lives in that root chakra sure. and it keeps people from reassessing you know and keep them out of the creative and and out of feeling sensual i think that is 100 percent related to fear in that in that first chakra so i agree it is a beauty that we're we're um we're living to be in both you know yeah. and, and i just want to take a minute you know something came in like yeah yes People are dying and I don't want to be irreverent to the fact that, you know, there are people leaving the planet. I do believe that all of us have a contract to come into the planet and to come and to leave the planet. And I believe that um, these people that are leaving have a bigger contract to wake up the world so that their deaths are not in vain and that people can really evaluate like how did we get to this place you know what what is going on on a larger level so that um those those spirits can be honored in that way that like yeah this is a wake-up call and it's important for us to wake up yeah no joke thank you for saying that yeah you know my heart goes out to everyone who's been touched by COVID-19. And that's really everyone, but especially mm -hmm. the sick, the ill, the people who are dying, their families, um, mm -hmm. the people who are in need, like, yeah, you know, it's, it's a little bit harder for some than others. Right. And I do want to thank you for that. I do want to hold, hold intention around holding space for their evolution as well. And that they're uh, going through this process with the most grace and ease possible. Um, so yeah, uh, it's not, it's not easy. I never said it was easy and it's not easy for us either. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, we've, we've got a house. We want to keep our house. Right. Right. <laughs> right? And so those are, those are conversations that we have. And I, I personally am in such a good place right now. I've been, I've been really just like diving into my spiritual practice, like you said, right, Crown, diving into my spiritual practice so with so much fervor and, and 
yesness that I know that it's just like, it's, it's just honing me and it's keeping me stable and grounded and rooted and centered through this thing, which is awesome right now because, you know, um, my partner is kind of like, okay, what's going on. Right. And then we trade off on that thing back and forth, but it's, it's just, it's just an interesting time to be able to support the people that are here for us to support and that, that, that are, that are yearning for support. So many people are yearning for support. So, um, yes, our heart and blessings go out to all of you. Yeah, I agree. And and I think with that, with what you said, like with your partner, there's, there's a greater permission right now. I think the majority, I'm not going to say all, but I think the majority of people like hold it together, you know, no matter what. And this time is somewhat crippling on a lot of different levels. Yeah. You know, on the on the psyche, on the physical body, yeah. on the society, um, bringing up all of those things. And so I think another message that I've been getting is like, go with, like, all of it's okay. It's okay to feel hopeful. It's okay to feel excited. It's okay to, to cry for two hours like I did the other day, you know, just yeah. feeling all of it and yeah. feeling a lot of my own unhealed stuff you know, that is like right at the surface. Cause as soon as I can drop in, it's like, Oh, here we are. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. I, I love that we, we have this time and space to feel all the feels yeah. and just instead of like, um, just going cause the going keeps us from doing that and keeps us from healing. Yeah. Thank you for that. And I hear in that an invitation, an invitation mm -hmm. to those who are not feeling the feels <laughs> to feel the feels, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 One yeah. of my um, people I follow is not quite my mentor yet, but I'm about to take him up on it. And it's uh, Brendan Bruchard. He's amazing. I'm, I'm, he's just kind of new in my world, but he's, he's commonly speaking to um, having having, having your moment, right? Okay. Yeah. Let's cry about it. Let's have grief. Let's process. Let's, let's, you know, stay in our pajamas for three days if we need to and cry about it and get up, like get up. You have to get up. And in order to do that, to get up, you've got to know, you've got to kind of have some clarity about why you're getting up. And in order to do that, I believe that we have to just really be willing to feel the feels, right? To, to heal the, the, the things that are coming to the surface that are asking for healing so that we can clarify our truth here in this moment, mm -hmm. which is way different than going to the nine to five and giving your power away to your to-do list. 100%. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So tell us a little bit about what you do in your world. Aha. <laughs> That's a really big question. I know it is. Um, I think to the bottom line is where I'm going to start is that um, my husband and I run Earth Magic Academy. And our bottom line is that people are getting to be in connection with themselves by growing their relationship with the earth and with the divine. So mm. exactly what we were just talking about. Um, I think that's the bottom line of what we do. And, and we do that in a, a myriad of ways. We um, run one-on-one -on -one programs for, we started with 
running one-on-one -on -one programs with children with ADHD or that were highly sensitive. And then that grew into us running those programs for adults. And then we sort of, you know, we had been doing clairvoyant readings for over 10 years, done hundreds of readings, but it was all kind of in the closet because we really didn't want any of the families that we were working with to be like, you guys are freaks. Like what? <laughs> and like, yep. We had to pay our bills. And so we kind of like kept that under wraps and that was just like a by word of mouth and with friends and family. But in the last two years, we have really just stepped out into our fullness and, um, you know, we do clairvoyant readings together, but we teach classes on how people can tap into their intuition. We believe that everybody is born with it. And it's just a matter of clearing blocks uh, to get um, more um, in line with it. And we also run programs to help people get connected with nature. And we can talk about that later if you want, because that's a huge part of, of what we do. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm curious because you, I've heard you say this a few times about working with the children who are sensitive. Mm -hmm. What, what exactly does that look like? And, and what is the outcome of working with a child like that? That's a great question. And I just want to go uh, like back step to what we were talking about, like with our contracts, you know, with the, the COVID-19. Um, I believe some of us, and because I think it started before the children now, the children now, it's just more blatant. Um, I believe kids are being born super sensitive, and we have been, um, and especially children born with autism, I believe, uh, and that are on that spectrum in some way, that they their contract is coming here to point out all the things that are incongruent. Mm. And, you know, to really take on some of the environmental pollution that is happening because it affects them so greatly. And so not just the environmental pollution, but kind of like our societal pollution too. Because a lot of these children, like, they can't deal with how school has been for the last 50 years because they're a new vibration of kids. And they have come here to make it so obvious that this is an archaic system right? Mm. The kids that are super sensitive to vaccines, right? They have come here to show us that this is a really archaic way of dealing with things by putting metals in vaccines. It doesn't go into the human body. And they have somewhat signed on to a contract to like sacrifice a big part of their life to be that blatant signpost. And so we love working with those kids because a lot of the parents and, you know, the schools, they think that they're problem kids. And we love to come and shine the light about the brilliance that those children are bringing and what they are reflecting back to us. Oh, that's so, lovely. Yeah, that's, that's how we got into that work a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So when you work with a kid who's sensitive, do you find that they're, they, like, I just think about my own sensitivity. I've been sensitive for a long time, but no one knew about that when I was a kid, right? I had to figure that out myself. And I'm still very sensitive, but I've given, I've learned tools over the last 20 whatever years I've been working on myself to, you know, to manage and navigate the world without being bowled over, mostly. <laughs> I'm better every day, right? Um, is that kind of what you're doing for these kids, giving them tools so that they can navigate the world? Um, and are, are you working with their parents? How, do, how does it, what is it? 
Yeah, excellent questions. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, our program with the children with ADHD and even with the adults with ADHD and are highly sensitive are, is a whole family program. It's a whole family in-home program because uh, a lot of things go on behind closed doors. You know, you can show up in an office and you can say all the things that you want to say and it paints one picture. But when you show up in people's homes, uh, you get a little bit more raw data, I'd like to say. And so we go in and um, typically how it works is if it's a young woman um, or someone that identifies as a, as a young woman, I work with them. And if they're a male, um, my husband, or identify as a male, my husband works with them because we believe in same-sex mentorships you know, for young people, um, because there's something about like identifying as yourself first wow. that you can relate to these people. So that's at the core, but we go in and the first thing we do is we look at nutrition because a lot of the things, a lot of the sensitivities, especially in the ADHD world are number one nutrition. And we like go through the cabinets and we like track meals, not for Jenny Craig or Weight Watcher calorie style, but more like how many vegetables are you actually eating? Like how many cooked meals, you know, in your home are you actually eating? And not to like, you know, point out all the bads, you know, we like to highlight like, oh, wow, like, look, you, you have this one great meal. Like, how can we make this meal happen more than once in your week? You know, so we do, we deal with diet first, we do a little bit with herbalism. I'm an herbalist, and I'm also a nutritionist. And so we bring those two in, because our goal is that any child or person that doesn't absolutely need to be on pharmaceuticals is not on pharmaceuticals. So we use the diet and the herbalism to start to address some of those things that people have become um, dependent upon with the pharmaceuticals because the pharmaceuticals are um, polluting the bodies. Mm -hmm. they're, they're suppressing the minds yeah. and they are polluting the waters. And so those are all things that we care deeply about that we want yeah. to see that shift. And so then from there, we start to um, introduce some uh, meditation and mindfulness tools that the whole family does together. It's not just, oh. you know, the, the child that goes off and does it, you know, it's the whole family. Wow. And then do some nature connection um, pieces. And that is dependent upon the situation, whether it's everybody or maybe sometimes it's everybody, sometimes it's just the child or the individual, sometimes it's just mom, you know, maybe it's just dad, that we uh, get the directions from spirit about um, how to handle that. So every one of our programs is custom, and it's really, like I said, we're taking directions from spirit on what is best to do with that situation. Awesome. I love that. That's so beautiful. I love it that you go into people's homes. <laughs> I Me spent a, too. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. it's weird at first, you know, because people like are like, we don't know quite what to do with you. And like, we don't want you to see this. And you're like, oh yeah, I have that at my house too, you know, and just yeah. making it real you know, it's okay. It's all okay. Totally. Totally. We are all starting somewhere. Mm -hmm. 
Right. Yeah. And, and it's okay. It's absolutely okay. And I love the fact that you're focusing on helping people create a, an environment internally and externally that no longer needs medication. Right. Yeah. We've never had a, a problem. A disease has never been a, 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 sim, a, a problem of having not enough medication, right? We don't have a disease because we, we have a deficiency in whatever medication, right? <laughs> just doesn't work like that. And I, yeah, yeah, I just had a, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, my husband and I both worked in the school systems, like, like you said in my bio and the things that I saw go on in um, public school systems regarding um, pharmaceuticals, like broke a piece of me because, you know, like it, where it just really became down to like classroom management in a lot of situations where it was like, it was easier for that kid to be on drugs and to be drooling at the table rather than their persistent curiosity. And so it's, it's very dear. And, and we were in the trenches for a long time and saw some pretty crazy stuff. But then when I worked with the school gardens, I got to see those same kids get out of the classroom that were considered troubled kids. And like when they had the freedom of being without a label because I don't hold labels for kids. I'm just, I'm not a label holder and have them work with the earth. They became leaders. And I realized at that point that, that they, all the leaders and the future leaders of our society were being drugged. And so just a little insight of um, how important it is for us to really come up with um, better solutions for our children. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. I just had a, a, a patient come into the practice who is bipolar and she's been on medication for a very long time. And her statement to me is, I know that these medications are messing with my brain. Like she's not able to think she can't, she's missing her words. She can't be in conversation with more than one person at a time or she loses it. I mean, and it's, you know, I'm not saying the drugs are the only thing, but you know, from her perspective, it plays a huge impact. And I know from my perspective, having recovered from bipolar manic depression, like I had it and I was medicated for a very long time. I haven't been on medication now since, uh, 2000. So 20 something, 20 years now. Um, mm-hmm. but Good when for I was you. On that, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's big. It's big. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's big. It's big. Yeah. But I remember back in that time when I was on those meds, man, it was so hard to function. Now, part of it was my problem, of course, but then I would take, then I would go get a new med and then I would get tired and I'd be fatigued. I ended up with chronic fatigue syndrome because of it and fibromyalgia, um, not just because of the drugs, but the whole, the whole systems were going down, you know? Um, so yeah. And you know, I was just listening to a podcast. I so wish I could remember who it is. I will put a link to it in the show notes just because I'm forgetting her name right now, but she was, she's an herbalist and, um, She was saying, this was kind of like when she was first going to school, how, and you may have had this experience. I don't know. I just thought this was so profound. They were supposed to like go get in touch with some herb or some plant in nature. And so her and her little group went out and they started picking. And I I can't remember what, what it was, but what touched me so much is she's like, we started just messing with it. I don't know if they were picking it or touching it. um, Or I think they were going to harvest some and, 
and take it and go do something with it. But just in the, in the working with it, before they even ingested it or made a tonic, uh, they were like getting sleepy and all relaxed just from being in the presence of the herb itself. Yeah. Have you well, had there, that? Well, there, yeah, there's a, I'm like, let, let's go there. Okay. <laughs> I'll talk about this stuff all day. I love uh, it. There is a, a woman who I greatly admire. She was a mentor to my husband. Her name is Sage LaPena. And she had said, um, she's, from Cal she's a native of California. And she um, had said that it doesn't matter if we are picking the herb, if we're ingesting the herb, or we're weaving with the plant, I should say plant instead of herb, that it's all medicine. And that we as humans um, get to feel those medicinal benefits by sit simply sitting next to the plant. And so I, I love that because I think we are in a consumer culture. And so like people are like, I need the echinacea or I need the da da. It's like, no, just grow a little plant, have it in your bedroom and it'll, it'll, it'll be just as great, you know, and, and have a relationship with the plant and talk with the plant and, you know, tell the plant your woes and tell you that your plant, the, the celebrations and that it becomes a part of relating to. And so in that instance, they were relating to the plant, you know, and, and they received the medicine back from the plant. Oh, so yes, I'm a big fan. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I love that story. Yeah. I, um, I can't wait to have that experience. I haven't had it with a plant particularly, I don't think last year. So I'm in since, since we've been here in the mountains and I'm starting to learn about the different things that are growing up here. I'm like, okay, well, if it's growing here, it's probably good for me. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the way I see it. If it's in my vicinity, it's, it's here for me. So, um, I started working with yarrow. Um, so I'm thinking that might be my plant. I have, I have it all dried out and they're ready to go. I just, I, I harvested it before we came into fall, but, um, yeah, I want to get back into that, uh, relationship with nature in a deeper way. Yeah. I mean, the yarrow, this past year was a great year for yarrow. Yarrow really was like, whoa, like yeah. tons of it. And then consequently enough, yarrow is a huge antiviral plant. And so oh. in the fall, I was harvesting yarrow like crazy. I've never really made medicine with yarrow. It's never been a plant that I've been like, oh, yes, yarrow. I love it. I think it's beautiful. And it's really little leaves and everything. But I harvested like a few, um, you know, brown paper sacks full of yarrow. And my husband was like, why all the yarrow? And I'm like, I don't know. And then right now we are drinking yarrow tea every day. No. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Thank you for saying that. I'm going to make some yarrow tea when I get off this podcast with you. Yay. <laughs> Yay. It, and then just along those lines of relating something that I want to tap into. So, um, uh, grandfather stocking wolf, who was, um, a teacher of uh, Tom Brown Jr., who was a teacher of um, John Young, and they all come, like, it's this coyote mentoring is what it's called, and it's, um, you know, primitive skills and deep nature connection, and I just want to give them a shout out um, while, before I say this stuff, but cool. something that they really, you know, it's, it's an ancient practice, and it, it really can't be attributed to anyone, but they brought it 
out into um, the popularity. And that is to go to a, a place and you sit and you listen. And it's called a sit spot in their language. But in the forest, even in the city, um, you know, where you go to something that's natural, a tree, a rock, you know, a little creek, and you go there to that one spot and you go frequently. And you start to relate to the place and you start to observe, you know, well, during this season, this kind of bird is coming around or during this season, this grass is growing and, and you do this over long periods of time. And so that the, the, our microscopic look of like one plant starts to turn into a landscape, starts to turn into a broader perspective, which includes us. And we start to understand our purpose and our place within that system. So for you, Brandy, like the yarrow plant is great, but to understand like the, the, the ecosystems in which the yarrow plant grows and then how you are a vital role in that system, you know, by you going there and actually just bringing awareness that this plant is growing or that you even know that plant's name. The plants and the trees are very responsive to us relating with them. So when you know their name, like how, how do you feel when someone says, hey lady, versus hey Brandy, you know, it's, it's, it's a different vibration. So I encourage people, even if they're in the cities, like know the trees that they walk by, know the names of the flowers and say hello because you are as vital to them as they are to you. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah. I love that. Oh, excuse <laughs> me. I had my, um, my power kept going lower and lower, but I have it plugged in, but I just realized the <laughs> power box wasn't on. <laughs> okay. It's interesting. Kind of on this same note, I'm just going to kind of sidestep because there's something that just, you know, like he's just come to me over the last couple of days is um, I have, I have this tendency. I'm very, my constitution's very fiery. I'm go like go. And I love it. And I have so much fun when I'm going and when I'm not going, I'm not having as much fun. So I push myself and push myself until I'm just completely fatigued. And I've decided that I don't want to, I don't want to burn myself out. So I have nothing to give throughout the ages. Right. So I'm, I'm really looking at how I'm burning myself out and something that that I often say is how we do anything is how we do everything. And then, you know, it's kind of on the same concept as, you know, the, the microcosm is reflected in the macro. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what I've been noticing over the last couple of days is uh, the, the battery in my phone and the battery in my computer keep going down, down to zero. They'll be like, you need to plug in or you're going to lose everything. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. And then I realized this like two days ago, I was like, holy crap, this is an expression of this thing that I'm doing, right? So I'm here. I was all proud of myself. I was all plugged in and I'm like, why is my power going down? Why is my power going down? I'm like, ah, crap. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Just thought I'd share that with you. Yeah. Great, great awareness. Great awareness. Brandy. <laughs> right. Right. Awesome. And so, um, one of the things we kind of started talking about when we were in, um, in our little spontaneous Facebook live was your past life regression or your past life or your, I'm sorry, <laughs> your, um, near death experience. There we go. Uh, and I'd love to hear a bit more about that, but before we go there, I do want to, I want to say something to you cause I keep forgetting is that, um, 
some of, of, of the people who heard our Facebook Live were interested in knowing when and where you uh, are doing that uh, presentation in Denver you mentioned. Okay. I am not sure exactly what it was. And I know you probably don't have a date right now, but I just wanted to put that in your space so that you can go on the Turn Your Soul On Facebook group and post it there when you know. Great. I may, I'm making a note. I don't remember anything. So <laughs> no, that's fine. That's totally I'm fine. I just wanted to do that right now. Yeah. I, I will do that. Yes. It's, um, it's a, it's a fantastic group. It's the near death experience group of Denver. And actually there is a date. And what was funny is I wanted a date like in April and nothing was working out. And then June didn't work out for me and they're like, okay, we'll, we'll just push it till July. And I was like, fine, July. And I'm like, oh, now July might be a really great day. <laughs> like, I'm hoping by July we're all coming out of the cocoon a little bit. Sure. So yeah, I will post that for sure. Um, and yeah, yeah thank you. so th you're welcome. So thanks for asking. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty big question. And um, I'm going to go back to the beginning because I feel it it gives meaning to the whole story and a little bit Absolutely. more of how I got there to that point. Um, so I was born super sensitive and um, able to communicate with the natural world. I believe like most children are, but I was able to like uh, hold on to a little bit of it more. And um, I come from, I love my parents. I love my parents very much. Um, but I come from a very Catholic mother. And so her and I were in the home a lot when I was little. And I would freak her out completely by, you know, reading her mind or um, saying things that I saw in the backyard or in our house or things. And she really could didn't have the capacity to handle it based upon this like extreme belief in catholicism and so like definitely thought i was possessed um you know i've been called a black witch you know in the last five years from other very catholic family members but um not being able to make sense of that you know she literally tried to beat it out of me you know, with a wooden spoon. And that was just part of my journey. And that was like the best that she could do at that moment. And sure. I have complete forgiveness and understanding about that. But not having anyone to relate to or to turn to, to make sense of this whole world that I participated in, I thought that the best way to go was to drink um, massive amounts of alcohol and do massive amounts of drugs. So I, I was tr doing that twofold. So I started drinking when I was 11 and doing drugs when I was about 14, going into hard drugs you know, before I was 20. And twofold, trying to find um, numb the pain that I had felt from not being understood and not being heard. And then also I'm, I'm clear audience. So trying to get all of that to go away. And I just, I just wanted it to go away. So I felt like the more I did drugs and alcohol, the more I could like participate in another reality, which wasn't my own. And I did a really great job at that. 
super job a plus like yay i i like i went there i was in it big time um and like all through high school and like maintaining on the outside like you know great grades i was captain of the soccer team like vice president of my class like had a strong sense of you know friends and you know a group to hang out with and like so that was all on the outside and then there was this whole other thing going on on the inside that was not um, in alignment and so i did that until i was um 23 and when I was 23, I was um, driving around the country and I was in a one person, me, one car, mine, wreck. And uh, what had happened is I had overcompensated. I was down in the four corners. So I was actually on the Navajo reservation and um, I hit, I like was fiddling with something in my dashboard and I hit sand on the side of the road and I overcompensated the car. And um, I just remember feeling this huge momentum behind me and being like, oh shit. And then my brain turned off and I didn't remember the, uh, the, the, the car uh, twisting. Um, they knew that the car twisted at least three times because there were divots in the highway wow. from the car. And so I, um, I woke up to uh, hearing a man's voice singing and um, I didn't understand the words. And then like, as I started to come to, I could feel the pavement on my face. So I was like, laying on the ground and um the man came to me and he's like ma'am you've been uh seriously injured my husband my son has gone to get help and i just need you to stay with me and to breathe but i could hear him but i couldn't see everything everything was was um was black and so he continued to pray and to sing while um, I was in this place and I would come in and out of consciousness, but I still, the only thing that I knew was that there was the pavement on my face. So eventually the medics came and they, they cut me out of the car and they put me in the helicopter and I could only hear this. I, I couldn't see anything that was happening. And again, going in and out of consciousness while that was all happening. And um, when I got into the helicopter, it was completely black and I looked as though I looked before the wreck had happened. So I was wearing my clothes and, and in the helicopter with me was um, this man across, you know, across the way in the helicopter. And he had sandy blonde hair and piercing green eyes. And he was hot. And I love, like, I'm not going to lie. Like he was hot. And I was like, oh yeah, baby. Like I had no concept of where I was, but I was in this space with this really hot dude. And, you know, I remember even like, you know, like doing like, like this number, like, like show it, like my shoulder was going to be the turn on point or something. <laughs> nice. And um, just, and so like, that is how I got to like, that was the helicopter ride was pretty much me flirting with this angel okay wow. 
And so we get to the helicopter pad, I remember, and I remember them, and then I like switch out and I'm in real time again. So I can see like the exit sign on the top of the helicopter pad. But again, I'm going in and out of consciousness. I can hear the helicopter blades. And then, and then I go out. And then when I come back to, I'm like above my body a little bit, but not like above my body, but I'm able to separate myself from my body at that point. And they're like poking things and, you know, shoving things in different areas. You know, I'm in, I'm in the ER and I look up and there's the hot angel again. And this time he's hovering on the wall. So I know that he's not a person. I know that he's an angel and um, he just like motions to me and he shows me the light. And like a lot of people that have had near death experiences talk about the light. And to me, it was um, triangular in shape and it was this white gold a color. But what I want to say about it is that it was a, it was a life force. Like me being in the world outside of the light and then me putting like my hand in the light uh, made it come alive more. It vibrated at a higher vibration. And now I have the words to explain what I felt. Um, but it was the most wonderful thing that I had ever experienced and, and probably up until this day, you know, just... Um, complete love is what I want to call it. Absolute complete love. And so I looked at the angel and I said, you know, you're hot and this is awesome. So like, <laughs> let's go. Like, I'm ready. Like, let's go. And telepathically, he just spoke to me and said, no, like, it's not your time and you have things to do that you haven't done yet. And then it, everything closed out and it was dark for seven days while I was in a coma. Oh. There was one, there was one thing that um, I remember I was actually on my way to meet three of my best girlfriends um, at the Grand Canyon. And so somehow through a friend of mine that had I had talked to last and a husband of one of those girls and my dad, they found those girls and they and my dad um, came to the hospital. And I remember them saying goodbye to me. They were leaving the hospital and they were like saying goodbye, goodbye. They didn't know what was going to happen. And I remember being in my body being like, I can hear you, like, don't go. And there's a game that we, a card game we would always play. And I'd be like, we haven't even played the card game yet. Like, like stay, like, don't leave. And, um, and like trying my hardest to like let them know that I could hear them. And that was the only thing that I could hear during that time. And then um, after seven days, um, I miraculously with God's will uh, woke up and I looked over and my, my dad was sitting right there. And I had, when they were cutting me out of the cord, I had spoken my parents' home phone number. And they were able to call my parents um, to let them know what had happened. And um, I don't remember doing that, but that's how that 
happened wow. how he got there but the doctor came in and and he said you know for all intents and purposes by scientific and medical reasons you should not be alive and you have defied some serious things by coming alive and i want you to live each of your days knowing this and he also said if you snort anything else up your nose you will die and wow so, it was it was pretty strong. I, I do want to just mention this because I think it's a pretty um, awesome part of the story. Is two things is that um, probably about I don't know somewhere between ten and fifteen years later. I, ha I have to go back and and really remember the dates. Is that I was in a Native American church ceremony for a really good sister of mine. Um, and Cheryl, I just want to say her name out loud. And she was having a hard time with her her body, and she had called um, the ceremony to help heal her. And she had a Diné man, so a, 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 someone from the same area, come up and um, run the ceremony for her. And I had never met this man, didn't really talk to him, the man that was running the ceremony. And in the morning, of the ceremony, he's going around and talking to, to specific people. And he turns to me and he says, I know the man that found you. And if you would like to be in touch with him, I can get you in touch with him. What? And yeah. And so after, you know, like 15 years, um, I, I made contact through this medicine man and um, the man who had found me didn't want to have anything. He didn't want to see me. He didn't want to have a phone call because he was afraid, you know, I'm a white woman and he didn't want to be responsible in any way for what happened because he wasn't, <laughs> but he, you know, he didn't know me from, you know, anybody sure. else. And so I was able to write him a letter, which was um, huge for me just to be able to thank him for staying with me and for praying for my life. And um, yeah, that was a huge. And then I, like I mentioned on the Facebook page, uh, just within like a year ago, I was, cause I, I didn't remember anything from the coma. And a year ago I was in a Kundalini class here in Boulder and um we were doing a meditation and it just snapped like i remembered all the places that i had visited when i was in the coma and i also want to give a shout out to and her name is carolyn ashley the the woman um that teaches that yoga class and a mentor of mine deanna batdorf who's an ayurvedic practitioner I did something called a Panchakarma um, last year as well. So last year was a huge year for me. And here we are like 21 years later, you know, wow. 21 years after the incident happened. And I was um, doing a Panchakarma, which is a three-day intensive Ayurvedic treatment. We're eating certain foods and getting body work done for up to six hours a day. And they were working because my shoulder was bent uh, completely in front of my heart. And so I've spent the last, you know, 20 years moving. So like, you know, you wouldn't notice now, you know, what, what that injury was. But when we were working on some of my muscles, I was able to remember the car flipping. Oh, and wow. my brain had turned off and I was able to like um, process that and emote 
all of the fear and how scared I was. And that was huge. You know, I, I was having like heart spasms before that. And that's why I decided to do the Panchakarma. But by going there and going through the pain again and being able to process and scream and talk and feel it all consciously helped to relieve that um, those heart spasms. So wow. to your point, Brandy, we are capable and miraculous things we are able to do with our minds and with our bodies. And, you know, I had massive, massive brain injury. They said that I would never be able to function greater than a four-year-old, both mentally and with my body, that I would never get beyond that point, wow. you know, and, and I have clearly gone beyond that point. But um, I had a brain scan done two years ago, and there is no evidence at all in my brain currently that I ever had a traumatic brain injury. <gasps> oh my gosh, so, you just gave me chills. <laughs> that's a lot of energetic work. I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. That's a lot of cranial sacral work. Mm. That's a lot of prayer you know, I walked out of that wreck. I had a smashed arm. I had a deflated lung and I had um, my brain, the front part of my brain was pushed to the top and I had a blood, I was bleeding the size of my fist in the back. So in your ancient brain and all of that has healed. And so um, we are, we are quite capable of doing incredible things. I believe with God's help. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Like we're not doing this on our own. <laughs> no, not at all. And sometimes it takes massive, massive change. Like we're going through right now, right? Like your wreck to wake us up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 100%. I mean, I, I got like, as soon as I was out of that hospital, I was like, I've got shit to do. <laughs> I've, got, I've got some things to do. Yeah. I'm sure you were. And if I remember correctly, you were telling me that you've got a message like, because I it landed with me because I I've heard other people speak about near death experiences. But the one thing that's very different from what I've heard around the board is that you got a message while you were there about what you were supposed to be doing here. And I was just yeah. thinking, wow, how awesome is that to actually have someone tell you go do this? Cause this is what you're here to do. <laughs> yeah. That's happened for you, right? Yes. So besides radiating love and light, which I believe is all of our true purpose, there was an assignment to help people connect to themselves through their relationship with the earth and specifically with the food that they ate and the medicine that they took. And so awesome. that's, that has been my life force and my life, I, I'd say not my force, um, I believe spirit is my life force, but like my compass, you know, in every decision I make, especially professionally, like, is this part of that path or is this not, you know? Yeah. 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 And it's very cool. You have so much faith in that. Right. And it takes that because sometimes when we get rocky or shaky, or if I haven't been into my spiritual practice, cause I've been 
doing other things, getting into the vortex of crazy, um, you know, then, then it's hard to know if, oh, if I'm, am I on track? Like right now in my life, I'm like, oh yeah, I know I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. I feel totally in the flow. Like, you know, cause I've been in such deep connection with spirit, but there's been times where I haven't been, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh, who am I? What am I doing with my life? Why am I even existing here? <laughs> you know, it's, it's just right. an interesting thing, right? Most definitely. Most de and, and we have those ebbs and flows. I think that's natural. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So don't hold it against yourself, ladies. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you're not there. <laughs> I mean, be so compassionate with yourself first. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I couldn't use my arms for two years. Like it was like between a year and a half and two years. And I learned so much compassion with myself during that time like yeah nope and a lot of humility you know mm. like i had to have someone feeding me i had to have someone wiping my butt <laughs> every oh, day and um you know so just having that compassion like this is where i am you know and this is what it looks like today and it's not going to look like this forever but right now this is what it is wow yeah. wow what a story <laughs> so cool <laughs> Yes. Thanks for letting me share it. I've uh, just recently got a message that I need to be sharing it more. And that's why I went down to the near death experience group in Denver. Cause I was like, you know what I want to, um, you know, when you've had ex an experience like that, you look at the world a little bit differently. And there was something that happened over Christmas that I was like, you know, with my family and my husband and my daughter, my mom and dad. And, and like something happened and I was just like, I, I just look at things differently because of this experience. And I need to be like, to our point earlier as well, like with our tribe, I need to be around people that understand this aspect of me better. And mm. so I went down there just for one, one meeting and um, they were like, holy cow, you got a story to tell. Like, we want you to come back and talk. So I'll be going there just because it's a fantastic group of people. And people in the, the Denver metropolitan area um, should know that um, all are welcome to that group. And the majority of the people that come, I believe the night that I went, there were 16 people in the room. Um, two of us had had near-death experiences two people had had um what did they call it a near-death intervention or something i can't quite remember where they were with someone when they were crossing over and had an experience with spirit so most of the the people that attend the meetings are just people that are curious and want to hear about this so it's a very welcoming group Awesome. That's really yeah. cool. And I just have to say, I feel so incredibly blessed that we live near each other. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, who knew? You know, like trying to like to what you're saying about finding your tribe, you know, and here in the mountains, most people stay to themselves a lot, you know, and I'm, I'm embarking on a journey over the last couple of years since we've been here to to spread the word of healing, love and light in this community. Uh, and it's, you know, it's not, there's not a lot of people doing that that I found yet, but, um, I've run into you and Mary Nichols and, uh, Roger actually interviewed her on his podcast. Um, I'll put a link to that in there. Um, Great. and, uh, 
and, and Jesse Power and, you know, just a cup, just like, it's starting to like, oh, they're here, they're here, you know, and it just makes me feel, my heart feels so filled up um, because of it. So yeah, thank you for being here. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm, I'm happy. And Mary lives like down the road from me. She and I <laughs> have been in contact and it was right before we left, which was right before the pandemic. And we're going to meet like once things settle down. I mean, literally I can walk to her house right now. Wow. That's yeah, so, so cool. Thank you for that. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Her and her husband came over and we had dinner. And a, a fun, fun, fun people to be around. So yeah. So we'll have to plan a dinner. Great. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we go, I would like to wonder, is there anything else you'd like to share or add before we go? Yeah. I, I just want to go back to just emphasize that, um, we are the earth and mm. that we are not separate from the earth. And mm. the more that we deepen our relationship with the earth, the more we deepen our, our relationship with ourselves. And um, we can find that guidance that we're talking about with the divine by developing that, that relationship with the earth. And so I think it's so important, like, People want to save the whales and they want to save, you know, the, the, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Cause it's yeah. like every week it's something new, like save the rainforest, save this, save that. But I really believe that we are in a, 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 such a point in evolution and history where we need to save ourselves. And I know that sounds very selfish, but it's the humans that are out of alignment and that when we can, you know, realize our peace and this greater beauty, and we can come in alignment with spirit, that I believe everything's going to balance itself out. And yep. um, we'll be able to live in better harmony with ourselves, with other humans, and with the planet at large. So thank you for asking that, because yeah. that's, I really want people to understand how deeply important it is at this time to um, strengthen, to invite, and to and strengthen those relationships with the earth. Yeah. Thank you for saying yeah. that. So that means go outside, ladies. Go outside with your bare feet. Exactly. <laughs> feet. Exactly. Well, well, that's the thing. And that's, I just want to like in Boulder, like there's people outside, but everybody's like running or cycling through nature, you know, mm -hmm. but just like being still, just be still with yourself and with nature. So yes, I'm 100% behind earthing and grounding and getting your bare skin on the earth. Or on a tree. I love yeah. to just put my whole body, bare skin and everything on a tree. I yeah. love it. <laughs> and, I, and I told you um, in the Facebook Live, I'm just going to mention it here, the immense healing benefits that I had seen firsthand from that. And, you know, my whole body about six years ago from um, learning about a genetic from MTHFR. So my body was full of toxins. And I was trying to detox um, as quickly as possible, but not too quick where I was going to kill myself, you know, in the process. And so my body was shutting down and I had all this crazy inflammation. And that's when I learned about earthing and grounding. And so I would go out anywhere between 20 minutes and an hour and just sit with like my bare skin on a tree, usually my feet on a bay tree. And my doctor was like, 
I don't know what you're doing, but you're uh, healing exponentially because of these practices. And so it's real. It is not hoo-boo-joo-boo. It is like, you know, it helps with depression. It helps with inflammation, um, just your sense of well-being at large. So I 100% back that practice from personal yeah. experience. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. You know, and it's, who do we can say this, but who do we think we are to imagine that nature has nothing to offer? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait a we minute. get everything from it. <laughs> I know. Everything comes from nature. Everything. <laughs> right. It's like, what? How did we become so oil? You know, even yeah. oil comes from nature. Even yeah. plastic eventually I comes know. from nature. I know. Hopefully we get less of that in the near future. True. Yeah. True. All right. Awesome. And so uh, before we leave, can you share with us where people can get in touch with you or if you have some, some gift or download or something you would like people to have, uh, you're welcome to share that too. Thank you. Yes. So the best way to find me is at earthmagicacademy.com and be patient with us right now. We're rebranding and we're up leveling our website. So if you check in in a couple months, we are going to have an amazing free gift for you, but we're working on that right now. Um, But um, you can sign up to be on our newsletters, which I give out, you know, around the new moon and the full moon and we try to incorporate you know something beneficial so it's not just you know blah 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 in your inbox but either a nutritional tip or an herbal tip or a meditation or um, a nature connection piece my husband is hugely talented in primitive skills and so he'll incorporate something in there as well that is is easy to do at home so that's a great way just to tap into us for right now I love that. I love that. And I'll put a link to to your um, website on the show notes as well. So beautiful. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on and for um, just allowing me the space to to share about some of these awesome things that I've experienced in this lifetime. And I really appreciate what you're doing for women. Like when I first met you, you know, we met at a, at a coffee shop and I just felt like I was walking on clouds after I met you and you just have such a brilliant way of being and being present and uplifting women. So I, I just really want to say thank you for being you and for shining your light in this world. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm glad. I'm glad you feel the vibe. Try <laughs> not to. Awesome. Awesome. I, w- I do like to ask uh, people one last question before we go. Uh-huh. What is your number one biohack? I would say the earthing. Earthing? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say, um, I mean, I have done a mere, like multiple things, you know, through meditations, um, you know, energy work. Um, there, there is something that, that was, uh, turned on to me, uh, by a woman who was in Chicago. She's now in Dallas and it's called Krishada and it is a, a type of energy healing. And I think it has a huge piece 
that has to do uh, with the healing of my brain. Mm. But um, I think that and the earthing, because I've, I've healed the trauma with my mom. I healed uh, things around, you know, like all the things with the accident or the wreck. I don't like to call it an accident with the wreck. You know, after I had my daughter, when, when my body was shutting down, all of these times I've turned to the earth and she has never let me down. And um, I would say that is number one, but I, I always like to just uh, give a shout out to Ariana Joffrey and that practice of Kushada too. Awesome. Awesome. And if you would send me a link to that, I can add I that to the show notes as well. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Great. Thank you so much for that. We could talk for hours. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank so you. I, I'm sorry. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. Yeah. Thank you too. And, um, you know, I just like to remind everybody that the, um, uh, we're, we're a culmination of the people we hang out with most and you just spent a while with some really cool people. So know that you're cool. <laughs> Go outside, put your feet in the dirt and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the ultimate biohack for women. If you'd like to dive deeper with our tribe, join us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you'd like to help grow our tribe, share this episode with your friends. Let's bring this light to our community so that other women can know their true power and we can create a tribe together worth being in. This podcast is for information purposes only. Dr. Brandy Victory is not a medical doctor and the views and statements expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Dr. Brandy Victory and the producers, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.